This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. <laughs> and I am Chad. All right. And Just keep we, it that. Yeah. And we are joined this week by our good friend, the coach, Brandon Myers. And uh, coach, how you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. What's up? Oh, oh, he, he kind of cut <laughs> into some Hogan. Well, if he going to cut into some Hogan, hey. oh, go man. ahead and do a little bit of the dream, if you will. Yes. <laughs> He's ready, bro. He's fired up. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. Welcome, coach. I'm glad to have you on, man. You're, you're, this is going to be a, a fun episode. We've got another just special guest here, so we're, we're excited, man. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, brother. Absolutely. So... Oh, man, there's so much that we could just discuss. But just with these recent happenings, I think that I think we definitely need to uh, discuss some of these things like the recent school shooting and the other shootings that are taking place. Uh, You know, I think it was Chattanooga uh, had one in a nightclub the other night. Yes. Uh, And uh, and it's just. So the big debate for everyone is what do we do? How do we how do we stop gun violence? And you know, I mean we this is this is things that we gotta talk about because this is this is the same issue as as our abortion stand. You know, yeah. we we've got to stand for lives all the way around. And uh, even though it is, it's abortion that's being shoved into the mainstream uh, as, oh, this is okay. Um, there's also these, these nightclub shootings, school shootings, this gang violence and stuff that happens. Uh, and they're not necessarily talking about the issues on that. They're just talking about the guns. Right. And, you know, we could we could all get into debates and maybe it's good for all of us to get into debates with people who uh, don't see everything differently or do do see things differently than us. And maybe in the future we can have people on uh, who have different views. That way, you know, we could dialogue. Uh, You know, Chad, man, you talk about it all the time. As long as it's civil conversation, we don't care who you are. We don't care what your beliefs are. We're totally fine with having you on the podcast, talking and and dialoguing. Maybe we'll learn something from you. Maybe you'll learn something from us. That's right. We've invited. I mean, we've invited many folks on to to discuss whatever, whether it be uh, a gentleman we met at a wrestling show year, or what months ago, where his beliefs were a little different than ours. It was like, hey, we're, so we're trying to work on bringing him on to just dialogue, and we we. But the thing is, is when we all talked in person, it wasn't just like, oh, you're wrong and you're right. It was like, hey, man, we're talking as human beings. And that's really what I think social media has taken away from. It's just two men, two women, a man and a woman, whatever, coming together and just talking about their differences. Like when I was growing up, my father said, look, if you've got a problem with somebody, go to them and you talk about it. You know, back Mm -hmm. then there was no Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So you had to, you you call the person or you go to the person face to face and talk to them. And I think that's what we have to do, whether it's what you believe, if abortion's right or wrong, whether you believe, uh, you know, assault rifles need to be banned. Here's the thing, Casey, 
and and coach, you chime in when you want to. But I, my beliefs, look, I'm a, a U.S. Marine proudly. I have many friends and family who are in law enforcement proudly. Uh, but I'm a Second Amendment person. I'm a gun owner. But when you put guns in hand, okay, if you start taking away gun rights, then you're taking them away from the people who are going to protect protect kids in schools or certain things. The criminals are still going to get the guns. Like with cocaine, heroin, all that stuff, it's banned, right? It's illegal. But what happens? Chad doesn't go out and go buy some heroin from Walmart. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people are still getting their hands on these things. And that's, that's what's happening is the ones we see going to schools, um, nightclubs, all this stuff. They are criminals. They're the ones who are obtaining these weapons through illegal ways. And my heart goes out to these. You know, we had a, um, a church up the road from my house. And there was, uh, I believe, how many of the kids, 14, 13 or 14, that were shot there in Texas? Mm. I may be mistaken on the numbers, but there were 13 school chairs set out in the front of the church, you know, to pay respect and, and prayers and all this stuff for these kids. So my heart goes out to all this stuff going on. But, dude, you can't start going like they are in Canada, knocking on doors saying, give me your guns now, because the criminals are still going to get it, bro. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a gun owner, but I'm not against it. I just never yeah. bought one. Uh, I'm all for the Second Amendment. And the gun is not the one to kill the people. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, we have the same problem. We know that. Yes. Evil is evil. They're going to find a way. You, know, you take the guns or whatever. They're going to find a way to do evil. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You know? Right, right. But until they have a heart change, I mean, it's just – Take the guns, take all the guns you want. That's not gonna matter. That's that's it. Evil still evil. You that, know. That's exactly it. You just you just mm-hmm. said it. Until there's a heart change. Yeah. So uh, if if they take guns, and here's my issue. I really I could I don't have any assault rifles. I, I don't I don't really have much of an interest in fooling with them. Right. But I don't have a problem with anybody having them. Here's the thing, though. You go and you start banning these. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to ban assault rifles. Okay, everybody hands over their assault rifles. Okay, then we start having people uh, who are doing mass shootings with nine millimeters. Okay, now we're going to ban all handguns. So we hand over our handguns. Then uh, we start having people... Uh, doing mass shootings or shootings with uh, shotguns. Then we all hand over our shotguns. Then people are doing their shootings with their deer rifles. And okay, so we're just going to keep handing these over because that's exactly what's going to happen is they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming. Well, we've got to eliminate this and we've got to eliminate this gun and this gun and this gun. And what it boils down to, like Coach said, it's a heart issue. And until people's hearts are changed, you're not going to stop them from doing evil. If they want to kill somebody, they're going to kill somebody. Uh, if, if they ban all guns and they take every gun out of the country, then we're going to start seeing a bunch of stabbings. Then if they ban every knife, then we're going to start seeing a bunch of people murdering people with baseball bats all the time. I mean, right. if people have it in their heart, to do evil and to kill someone, they're going to do. They're going to. They're going to do it regardless. 
Yeah, they are. And and I saw a video the other day and it was, it was, uh, you know, a guy in a, in a, in a gun range with an AR that yes, I do believe there should be some restrictions on, you know, uh, <laughs> weapons buying and stuff like that. I'm not an AR owner. Have I had one? Sure. But I'm not now, but he had a video and he had an assault weapon. He goes, I am a man who can own this. I have no criminal background. And he shot a target. He goes, now you put this in the hands of someone safe. It's not, it's not a, a, a deadly weapon, something to the extent. But then he goes, but if you put it in the hands of a criminal, it is. He goes, and then he takes a golf club and he goes, this is a golf club. I go to the driving range. I hit golf yeah. clubs. But if you yeah, put yeah. this in the hands of somebody who wants to beat somebody to death, then it's a deadly weapon. So we can approach things that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, and I, real quick, um, before I get on a rant here about that, I was sent this verse this morning. Coach mentioned heart, getting to the heart, changing a person's heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, I give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. We can always go back to that, dude. Once that head knowledge comes in and changes your heart, you allow Jesus to change your life. There's so much, um, you're just reborn and remade and you start to look at things in a different way. We're approaching different situations right now. Casey and I have decided to jump in a little bit to Second Amendment. Uh, abortion and amongst other things, but really what we preach and what we always talk about is letting your heart change, taking that heart of stone away and just becoming a new creation. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I just don't, I would like to hear logical explanations, right? Because in my mind, you know, we talk about restrictions and, now, I I was not aware that someone could buy a gun at 18. I thought you had to be 21. Maybe I was thinking about the uh, when I took my handgun and carry permit. Uh, yes. I had to be 21, 21. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, but I was thinking it was 21 to buy a gun. Either way, we have background checks. Because oh, yeah. every gun I've ever bought, I had to have a background check. Mm-hmm. Okay, so background checks don't do it. And, and that's what they scream is we need background checks. We do have background checks. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and like you said, the biggest issue is heroin, cocaine, meth, fentanyl, all this other stuff is illegal. It's, it's not an issue of whether someone can get it if they're a criminal. They still get drugs that are illegal. And if they ban every gun, criminals are still going to be able to have guns. Therefore, what you're doing is taking guns, taking self-defense from the law-abiding citizen and, and giving them, you know, nothing to defend themselves against criminals because that's what would happen. This country would completely flip where there's all the all the good people and sensible people and careful people who know how to use a gun, they wouldn't have a weapon of defense and people would just be kicking in their doors all the time, robbing them, killing them, whatever, raping them, because they know, hey, nobody has any defense. So yeah. I mean it's, it goes back to the heart issue. Well, I heard this real I heard this this week, two things. Uh, the money that the the Biden administration has given to Ukraine and other countries, 
that money could have been taken and $4,000 could have been given to each school for security. Okay. And then I heard also <laughs> this week that gun, gun violence is the leading cause of children's death. So what we're saying is there's, okay, there's 60 million plus babies aborted each year. Yeah. So what we're saying is there's 60 million plus children murdered from guns. No, I don't no. believe that with nothing. So that, that is not, so we can go into the, the abortion thing. Uh, and say that's probably the leading cause of it because, well, they'll tell you, well, that's not a child. That's just a couple cells. But, dude, it, it comes down to school security. And here we are wrestling for the faith. It comes down to go back and start looking at when they took God out of school, when they took prayer out of school, when they took the whatever. Ten Commandments used to be in my high school, Bible study, all this stuff. And look at the decline uh, in education. Look at the decline in violence in schools. Look at the decline in all the things that's happening now. And it's, you take God out of it, regardless of what a non-believer thinks, you take God out of it. This country was built on the foundations of God. And this is what starts to happen. Violence, um, single family homes, all kinds of other things start to happen. It starts to crumble. We're starting to crumble from within. We we'll mm -hmm. see it. Definitely. You got anything on that, Coach? <clears throat> no. Uh, I was with Casey. I didn't know, you know the guy was 18 that shot in Texas. Yeah. I was like, man, how's he is? He's 18 year old. Why is he mine on the saw rifle? I mean, I didn't know. I, I thought you had to be 21. You got to be 21 to dream, you know, buy cigarettes now and everything. So it's like, but if a, a person's evil, he's going to find a way, you know, what we talked about. So, yeah, no, was, you're right. Uh, it just breaks my heart, man. Them, them shootings and innocent kids, man. It's, you know, you're going to school and then, Never expect that. And as Christians, it's break our hearts. Yeah. It breaks God's heart. It's break our heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, you say that, man. And I thought about that a couple of days ago when I was thinking, um, always pray, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And yeah. if you think that a person who is made new in Christ, Christ lives in us with the spirit of the, or the temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, these things like this break your heart. Abortion, murder in schools. Uh, I mean, even you know, a random person out in the streets getting shot or beat to death. It breaks your heart. And you can only imagine, dude, what yeah. God and, and our intercessor Christ sitting at the right hand of the father yeah. is, I mean, their hearts are weeping, you know, their hearts are weeping. We can only, yes. I can't fathom, you know, the, the compassionate heart that the father is feeling right now, because we, there's times where we'll sit and talk about it, just get teared up. I mean, I got a five-year-old daughter. We all got, you know, the kids and stuff. It's like, I can't imagine. And then, you know, we're going to transition. I'm sure right now, probably a good time into, this whole transgender and homosexuality movement that's going on yeah. right now. So I think mm -hmm. kids are being indoctrinated with not only that, but amongst other things. So, um, you know, I, we definitely want to touch base. Today's episode may be a little different, I think, but we do feel Casey and I've talked about, we got a calling to, because we are spilling into the next generation with the remnant youth retreat in August to be a voice for truth and reason, but compassionate and loving with doing so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we all saw the video uh, that's floating around. Uh, I believe it was Dallas, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Dallas Texas. drag strip club. Yeah. Uh, where they had kids and I'm not even talking about 15, 16. I'm talking, you know, eight, nine, five, I saw babies in diapers where their parents were holding them. They couldn't even walk. Uh, yeah. And they had them. 
they had them in uh, this strip club. And no, in the video that we saw, they they wasn't stripping, uh, but they were dancing. And some of their dancing was seductive and basically what a stripper would do on a pole. And they're they're talking about uh, they're talking about how kids need to be exposed to this stuff. But why why does a no? It, it's not about them needing to be exposed for educational purposes. They're per, what they are trying to do is indoctrinate and desensitize them. That's the biggest yes. thing. They want to desensitize them so that they grow up thinking. Oh, this stuff is okay. And and it's not. I don't care. There's no, there's, and we're not just talking about a drag strip club. There's no reason a kid should be in a in a, a heterosexual or a woman strip club or whatever. They're, they should not have any of this. Any type of sexuality should not be pushed on a kid uh anytime right now. And we me and coach was talking about it yesterday. Until the parents have had the birds and the bees conversation, there's not a school, there's not a strip club, there's not a government that should have any right talking to kids about these other these issues. I agree. And we're not only seeing it, first of all, kids shouldn't be going to, I'm trying to find this, Kids should not be going to a strip club, first of all. But we also see that regardless of the, if this was – and, dude, I'm looking at a picture right now where there's one, two, three kids sitting in chairs in the middle of this uh, stage at a strip club. And behind the kids – now, <laughs> we're a very PG show. But um, it, this lit up, illuminated sign says it's not going to lick itself. Okay, yeah. now – First of all, all these kids are of age to be able to read. So they're thinking, oh, what's that mean? Let me dive into this a little more. And not only that, what really, really uh, gets to me and very saddening is if you zoom in and look at a lot of the faces, the parents are all smiling. They're all taking videos. Okay. But we see now, okay, kid, not going into a strip club, but Milwaukee Brewers, I believe was the baseball team who had a drag show there on their whatever seventh inning stretch or something going on. So they're starting to push it into what you and I, Casey, have talked about, um, <laughs> these things that we could use as kids to escape from the regular world back in the day, yeah. football games, baseball, pro wrestling. Now it's all starting to come into these worlds, this entertainment world where the kids are going to see these things. My, me and my wife on Disney Plus the other day, and there's a whole section of uh, Pride Month movies. There's a cartoon called Out where this guy comes out as being gay. So it's like they're, they're literally grooming these kids. And I see these parents smiling and laughing. And I think of, I had the Bible verse here, but I think of the Bible verse where Jesus says, um, I'm going to paraphrase, uh, you cause one of the least of these to fall away from me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you might as well tie a milestone, a big boulder around your neck and be cast yeah. into, uh, it says the ocean or the water, but I think lake of fire, you know, I think hell, because you're causing these little ones to fall into this sinful lifestyle. And it's just very saddening to me when I saw this, uh, of what's going on. It's, okay for our kids to to sit at a strip club man and watch grown men dress up as women and groom these kids and the parents thinks it's think it's okay i don't understand it uh you know i i saw the video the first time the other night and in case you're showing to me it physically made me see i mean I just, yeah. 
it's heartbreaking. It made me angry, but more I was heartbroken. I was like, what, what are we doing? You know, especially as parents, you know, I have a granddaughter who's, who's five. And man, Beautiful granddaughter. Thinking, yeah, thank you. All <laughs> yes. I can do is think about her and she's five. She's not, she has no idea. No, but no kids should be thinking about this stuff, but five, six, seven, eight, nine, even on up, you know? Yeah. And it broke my heart and it made me angry. Mm-hmm. And I think, I thank God for this podcast because we need to stand. We need to stand firm on our beliefs. And I, a few episodes back, y'all were talking about, I used to be the same part. I used to be the person, oh, it's not my problem. It's between mm-hmm. them and the Lord. I used to say that all the time. That used to be my go-to, I guess. That's not that's between them and the Lord. But it's, a, it's yeah. our job to stand. We got to stand firm. And I mean, Casey talk about it. And sometimes you got to stand firm. And your own family, they're against you. They're against you. I, I got we got to stand on the word of God. We do, and real quick for Casey, for you jump in. Uh, you think uh, you talk about that anger it gave you? It's that righteous anger. Somebody yes. listening might now go, yeah. "Oh, you want to fight? You want to be a hateful?" Yeah. No, we're talking about a righteous anger because right. of the love yeah. in our heart. And but also think of yesterday. I was speaking to a mentor of mine, and he goes, "Yes, we are called to uh, be a voice for all of this stuff. We have to because it is." It is a sinful lifestyle. And Casey and I spoke about it last night. What they're doing is taking and creating their own word from the Bible or their own God to right. match the lifestyles. Like if Casey and I are still drunk and, and stupid as we used to be, and we wake up next day and go, oh man, you know, the Lord says, hey, it's okay to have a glass of wine in the Bible. No, no, no. <laughs> but what, what I see and what my mentor is speaking about is we have to also um, be very loving in our approach. So don't get yes. so, so, um, aggressive with it that we forget that we need to share the gospel with these people. They say, let me tell you about Jesus, because this is what the Bible says. They'll always throw it at us. And I had it last night. I was posting some things about the, the we'll talk about the uh, Tampa Bay Rays baseball team shortly, but they were like, oh, Jesus never spoke about homosexuality in the Bible. And I said, oh no, but he did because he yes. said a marriage is between a man and a woman, you know, and mm-hmm. that's that word homosexuality wasn't, it wasn't a word in, in, in the Hebrew and Greek times at that area. So they're always going to try and throw their version of scripture at you. And we have to come back at them with, no, this is what the Bible says. Yeah. There, that word, there is an equivalent in the Greek that is used. Uh, and it yes. means the same thing, but I mean, it's, it's so clear and even you look at Romans one, so they want to say they want to try to use the oh well homosexuality wasn't actually they didn't have a word for it they actually did but Romans one don't even say the word homosexuality but it talks about uh, the the women uh, going after women and the men going after men and it says doing those things which are shameful, uh, knowing that those who uh, do these things should be put to death. Okay. And that was, you know, he's talking about under old covenant law, homosexuality, adultery, bestiality, all of that stuff was, you know, it was the the sentence was death. And, but Here's here's the thing that people don't understand when they look at things like that and they think, oh, this is a big mean God. Look, he wants to put people to death for doing this. No, uh, his judgments are aimed 
at anything. I heard somebody say this the other day. His judgments are aimed at anything that interferes with love. Yes. And and these lifestyles, uh, they interfere with with what he's trying to do. And and in old covenant, uh, you know, the whole purpose was to bring that perfect, to bring that lineage of Jesus. You know, so those, a lot of those laws and a lot of those rules, they were strictly for the people of Israel to bring about the bloodline of Jesus. Right. So, but, you know, it's the issue is whether I don't, I know, according to the word of God, that these lifestyles are wrong, just the same as my former lifestyle of being a drunk and an adulterer and a fornicator mm-hmm. was wrong. Those, I think I mentioned it last week, those were all in the same, uh, in the same list of, of these will not inherit the kingdom of God with the homosexuals and the sodomites. So, yep. you know, my lifestyle, my former lifestyle was wrong, just the same as the homosexual lifestyle, transgender lifestyle, whatever. The, the issue, it all goes back to the heart. And when Jesus changes, when Jesus comes in, mm. he changes a person. So, you know, uh, yep. uh, Titus, I believe it's chapter two, talks about being, being regenerated. You yes. are regenerated by the Holy Spirit once you're saved. So even those who want to say, well, uh, I was born this way. Well, the Bible says be born again. Yeah, yeah. There you go. New heart. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Paul speaks about it because he talks about it in first in first Timothy, I believe it is, about uh, you know, he was the chief of sinners. I mean, he was a man that was born to, you know, into all this knowledge of God went around murdering Christians and all this stuff. So to think that once Jesus revealed himself on the road to Damascus, this man was made new. Mm-hmm. He was no longer going, okay, well, I'm still Saul. I can still kill these people, but Jesus still loves me. No, man, we are made new. Uh, we are called to be um, Christ-like in all we do. And it's, it's, it's going back to the sin problem, dude. Drunkenness, drug problems, adultery, homosexuality, transgender, this is all identity problems. These are all identities that the devil puts on you and you live in that identity until you're made new and reborn in my eyes. But when I was made new and reborn, that's when I decided to change these identities. You know, we spoke about identity many a times and it's when I had to change that identity and go, no, that, that was a sinful lifestyle. I don't choose to live in that sinful lifestyle anymore. Am I still a sinner? Still mess up? Fall? Of course. But when it comes to that old sinful lifestyle, I'm not falling back into being a drunk or taking pills or looking at pornography. You're made new. So we can argue about this all day long, man. And, uh, I'm going to get on a rant here, but what, what, what I see happening um, is I believe believers, Christians are afraid to speak out about these things because they know that someone's going to attack them. Um, you see the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I noticed this post last night from CNN the Tampa Bay Rays come at the players with a uniform that had the rainbow emblem on it and then a rainbow, I guess, the flag maybe on the front. There was five players that stood up and said, we, we refuse to do that. 
Um, Adam Reed, I believe is his name. One of the players come out and said, the reason we refuse to, this has, doesn't have to do anything to do with hate because we hate you guys. It's because of our faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And we just choose not to do that dude. And the backlash these guys have gotten because they're standing oh, yeah. on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. It's the same thing that we we're all dealing with right now is all oh, you guys are haters and bigots and homophobes race, whatever they want to call it. No, it's because we choose to obey God and, um, stand on his word and the truth of his word. Uh, yeah. And you know, I don't, here's the issue. I, I know according to the Bible that these lifestyles are wrong. Um, mm-hmm. They're not God's design, but I, I will to my dying day, preach the gospel and share it with love and tell these yeah. people that there's a better way. But if they refuse, that's on them. And they, I don't have a problem with what a person does, an adult does in their own personal life. Okay. But the grooming of children, the trying to push this in, uh, in schools and having kids go into bars, strip clubs, whether it's a straight or gay bar, whatever, there's no, there's no room for this. These kids should not be groomed. You know, if, if they grow up and they choose that lifestyle, then let them grow up and choose that lifestyle. It should not be forced on them. It should not be indoctrinated or, or pressed on them in any way. Just like yeah. we should not be trying to show them, uh, uh, heterosexual pornography and say, look, this is what you need to be doing. Look, this is how it's done. Yeah. It has no room. Sure. Dude, coach, you've got something to say, just cut me off, but I'm on a, I'm on a flow here with you talk about the schools and all this other stuff going on, dude, it's going into the church now. So yeah. you see certain denominations and this isn't a bash on denominations. We said that a hundred times, certain denominations are okaying it for a homosexual pastor to come in and pre look, we welcome all. We love all. Yes, that's what the church does is the body of Christ. But we don't condone this kind of It's like saying a pastor, say I'm a pastor and I come up on the pulpit on Sunday. Go, listen, guys, I got a confession to make. Been cheating on my wife. Um, you know, I ask you for forgiveness. And then I start preaching my sermon. No, dude, you have to be checked for this. You have to go look what you're doing. It's, it's a sinful lifestyle. We have to talk about it. And the church is starting to let this in. And it's, man, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Listen, we we have to stand firm, brother, and, mm-hmm. and we will. Amen. We will remain steadfast. Amen. Yes, let nothing move us. Yes, it it would be like you said. It's the same issue as it's not just about homosexuality or transgender or drag or whatever. It would be the same issue as me being a pastor and living in a lifestyle of fornication or adultery. Yeah, the Bible says that those are not fit mm-hmm. to to be speaking to a congregation. They have to be, uh, you know. And Doctor Brown talks about it all the time. When people uh, mess up, they need to be set down. They need to go through a period of restoration. You know, you need to make sure first that they repent because that's the first step to restoration. So, an open homosexual or an open adulterer or whatever, they have not repented because repentance 
metanoia means to change. So, you know, it, if someone doesn't have a repentant heart, then they've not went through a period of restoration. So there's no, there's no way that somebody in one of these lifestyles should be standing before a congregation and teaching the Bible. It, it just should not happen. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. Yes. Yes. I think what we've gotten away from is John 14, six, Jesus says, I am the truth, the life, the way. And I had a friend send me a devotional this morning that talked about when you approach somebody with, Hey, let me tell you about truth. And you start talking about Jesus and they go, Oh, well, that's really cool. Let me tell you about truth. And they start to explain to you their definition of truth by the world standard of truth. And it completely goes against the word of God. And we, you know, it's just really understanding, um, what Jesus said, man, I am the truth, you know, and what I see now guys, and I mentioned this the other day to a buddy is it kind of, it kind of hit me. I was taking a walk and it's like, okay. So as a kid, I was raised in church. There was no social media kind of to draw me away. Yes, there was, you know, pornography and this stuff, but what we see now is social media has become an acceptance land for folks who are living in a sinful lifestyle. So Casey and I, we, we talked the other day about reaching out to this certain uh, person on Twitter that I DM'd instead of making it public, spoke to them. And at first they were um, talking about leaving professional wrestling and doing all this other stuff because of being bullied and, and all these other things. And then all of a sudden, two days later, they were coming back into pro wrestling because of the love that they were um, shown from Twitter fans. And it's like, here's, and I realized like, that's where their truth is now. That's mm-hmm. where their right. acceptance is now for someone who doesn't really know the heart of the father or someone who has been church hurt, dude, or maybe abused as a child from a, a, a earthly father, earthly mother or someone. And unfortunately, things like that have happened that have drawn people away from God because they go, well, if my earthly father did this, God can't be loving. That's who I look at God as. So they've started to reach out for different things to accept. I've talked about it in my testimony, trying to fill a void or find a way years ago to make me happy through drugs, porn, adultery, everything. I mean, I can see her name a laundry list of sins. But once I could really come into the realization of <laughs> Psalm 34, 8, taste and see yes, what yeah, is yeah. good and who my father is and who I am in Jesus. That's when I accepted the truth of Christ and what he did for me and said, okay, I am not that old Chad. I am a new creation. I mean, that's what we have to teach these folks is we have to show them, dude, or who are man, woman, I'm so sorry the church did this to you, but let me tell you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about what he did for us. And we obviously we live on earth. We're a part of a sinful nature, a sinful man, woman that can fall at any time. But our Christ, our father, God is so much better than that. Yes. You know, until I learned my identity in Christ. Yeah. I increased it for years, the last six, seven years. The last few months, the righteous identity that I have, we're as righteous as he is. Because he's yes. in us. And man, it's been so free. And I shared with Casey and them. I think you were there, but I I said a prayer a few I, my prayer was a few months ago, Lord help me love my wife like you love me. But no man did not show me that. He showed me the love from the people again, the passion. Yeah, come on. I was just praying, Lord, help me to love my wife like you love me. And then he just renewed the other passion for people, compassion. Yes. That's what we lack in this world. Yeah. Jesus he changed. Yeah. He changed. Yes. 
I mean, there's just amen. You try to tell people about it, you try to explain it until they taste and see for themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it's just amazing. Like, I've spent the last few months in my marriage just for us to amen. That's the tool that he gave us for people as well. And all you did was ask, Coach, right? You know, yes. Yeah. yeah, ask and you shall receive. Yeah, yeah that's it. Faith, right? And it, you came it with it with an open heart. So that's the thing is, yeah. is I found it for many years. I said, Lord, I need help with this. I don't really think I was wanting to change. But when you want to change and God knows your heart, he's yes. going, you're asking me with a pure heart, not a heart of stone, as I mentioned a minute ago. Wow. And he, he'll change that, dude. He'll change any circumstance in your life. Yes. When you're when you're truly repenting and wanting to change, that's when he steps in. Now, like we've talked about before, we all went through a period in our lives where, uh, you know, we we uh, we all went through a period in our lives where we just went through the motions and, you know, we would go out drinking and, and fornicating whatever, and then get up the next morning. Oh Lord, forgive me. And then go back and do it over again that day. That's not true repentance. But when somebody really repents and wants to change, that's when he steps in. That's when he transforms the heart. And that's what we are preaching. We're not preaching hate. We're not, we're not telling these people that, um, that they're hopeless or useless or worthless. We want them to know their identity in Christ because until they know their identity in what God says about them, they're going to go and chase the approval of all the people in on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram or all these other social media platforms or their friends or, or, you know, whatever, they're going to go along with all of these fads that come up. They're going to be drug along by people who say, this is right. No, this is right. No, this is right. No, this is right. And that changes each and every day. The world's standards of right and wrong change constantly. And until they know their identity in Jesus, they're going to be blown about by everything that comes along. And that that brings me to this. One more thing that I was wanting to cover today is uh, I believe you sent me uh, the first article that I seen. Maybe it was was it from MSNBC talking about uh, America is under siege to Christian fundamentalist and traditionalist. Yes. So, you know, I've seen it all week, like a, uh, uh, I noticed a hashtag Christian nationalism. So I started looking into it and I'm trying to figure out it. Okay. Are are they talking about just Christians or is there something different about this? And from what I've gathered, uh, what they're calling Christian nationalism is people who believe that the nation was founded on godly principles and who believe that America should be that. Um, Now, we believe that America was was founded on godly principles, Um, but there are some out there, and this is where I want to try to kind of maybe separate. Uh, There are some out there who would believe that 
we have to militantly take over uh, the the country and enforce Christian rule over the whole nation. Now, to right. what I'm gathering, that's what they're calling Christian nationalism. Now, we would not be in that category. We would say, yes, we believe that America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, uh, and we believe, according to the changes that we have all experienced personally, and what we know by the word of God, that if we went by these principles that are in the Bible, uh, people would be a lot better off and the, the world would be a much better place, a much more loving place. Yeah. We do not believe that we should be militantly taking over uh, and, and forcing our beliefs on anybody. Like I said a minute ago, uh, I have, I know that according to the word of God, it's wrong, but what an adult does in their own privacy, in their own life, that's their business. Uh, I will stand and I will preach the gospel and I will, to my dying breath, try to tell people that there is a better way, but I will, I will never intentionally try to shame someone or tell someone that they're, they're just useless. They're just rebellious and they're, they're, they're hopeless. There's no right. no hope for them. There's always hope, and that hope is found in Jesus. That's the difference in us and Christian nationalism from what I could gather. But here's the issue. With all of these mainstream media companies uh, picking up on this Christian nationalism, um, yeah. and, you know, I noticed like on Twitter last week, uh, Christianity and Christian nationalism was trending, which I thought, hey, that's cool. But then you go look on there and it's a bunch of people bashing believers. So what is happening is we are all, whether we are those who believe like we do or those who believe that we should milit militantly take over the country and enforce mm -hmm. uh, biblical rule here, we're all being lumped into one. Therefore, exactly what we've been preaching on this podcast for over a year now, the persecution yeah. to American Christians is about to excel in a great way. Yes, yes. Coach, you got anything? No, we was talking to you last night. It's scary time, but it's an exciting time, too. I'm excited to share what we're doing, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. Man, it's just man, Jesus is good, you know. He's done so much for me, and the people would just taste and see that and just, yeah. just yes. grab a hold of that. Man, it's it is. the hope that we have, you know. Take a drink from that cup. And I think, uh, you know, last week I was really overwhelmed with things that I felt God is calling uh, not only myself, but Casey and, and, and wrestling for faith, kingdom, family, all of this into one. Yeah. And I just had to reach out to a few buddies and say, man, I'm really overwhelmed right now with like abortion and this stuff. I got a five-year-old I'm worried about. And he sent me uh, first Kings uh, about Elisha. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Elijah, Elijah, where Elijah was was fighting this battle and, and all this stuff, but then went into hiding and was was scared of what was going on because of uh, Jezebel, I believe. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, um, you're not alone. Basically, there's a remnant that I'm rising up along with you. You're not fighting this battle alone. And we have to remember that. Like we see all this stuff going on 
yeah. Christianity trending, Christian nationalism trending, um, that there's an attack right now. And as Casey and I've spoke for, like you said, well over a year about this, uh, basically the book acts coming back to life, that there's going to be a persecution coming to America. And we already see it, um, that we have to remember that there is a remnant rising up. And I think as a moment of, um, little gatherings that are going to start to happen, like Casey and I is trying to put together with wrestling for the faith, where it's just family and friends coming together, worshiping the Lord. That's where that revival starts to happen, man. But we always, it really yeah. spoke to me about Elijah, just knowing that you, me, all of us here, we're not in this fight alone, that God, there's others, mm-hmm. there's others. I'm going, I'm going tomorrow um, to Charlotte, North Carolina for love life, which is a, a prayer walk um, through Charlotte and abortion clinics. And that's that remnant, man. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that now there's going to be some out there who Casey talked about these Christian nationalism who are holding yeah. up signs and screaming, you're going to hell because you're murdering that baby. That's not what we're about, dude. When you do a prayer walk and you're a true believer and your heart's like the father, uh, and you're compassionate, bro, you're praying for these folks and you're pulling this woman aside saying, Hey, let me talk to you about this decision. There is help. So that's where that remnant is starting to rise up that I see, um, just those like-minded believers who have the heart of, of Christ and real quick acts chapter five. Casey and I have spoken about this before, uh, Gamaliel, I believe I'm trying to say his name. Mm-hmm. He basically stood up amongst them and says here in verse 38. Uh, so in the present case, I tell you, he's talking about the gospel that Peter and all of them sharing, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it mm-hmm, yes. for over 2000 years. They've been trying to overthrow the good news of Jesus Christ. They've taken it out of schools. They've taken it out of the yeah. churches have been wrecked, but they're not going to overthrow it because you see throughout the book of Acts, the gospel and this just, it kept flourishing. It kept, you're never going to be able to overthrow the good news. They can take our Bibles. They can take our guns. That has nothing to do with Christianity. They can take our Bibles and take the word of God. But when we store that word in our heart, you're not going to be able to overthrow it. Gamma little warned them 2000 years ago. And now what do we see? Persecution. Is that, is that not, is that not an amazing thought though? And, and should be a witness for anyone who is a hater of Christians. I mean, they were persecuting the believers over 2000 years ago. And this man who was a part of the persecution but yes. he had enough knowledge to understand, listen, leave them alone. And if, if it's just of, of flesh or if it's just a human thing, it'll, it'll go away. But if mm-hmm. it's of God, then you're, you're fighting against God and you're not going to, you're not going to win. Nope. Nope. And so, like you said, for over 2000 years, they have been trying to destroy the gospel. They've been trying to get rid of everything, Jesus, everything, God, and, we're still here. And uh, there was a, uh, a quote from an early church father. Let me try to find it here. I know I had it wrote down. Uh, Tertullian, I might have butchered his name, but he was a second century uh, church father. And he said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Wow. So, when wow. when they kill us, when they persecute us, then we're, you're just spreading the gospel even more. Sure. Because when when people are persecuted and they continue to stand firm, or people are killed, 
but they go to their death never denying their faith. That is a witness to everybody around that what they're what they are believing and standing firm on, there's got to be something to it. So people people wouldn't just die for for nothing. No. In our in our nation, we've talked about it. We're, we'll, we will continue to talk about it. Believers have got to come to the understanding that the time for comfortable, cowardly, and complacent Christianity is over. It's over. Uh, what is happening with the persecution that is going to come, and I really believe that it's going to be put in high gear now that these uh, news medias are putting it on their front pages and, and, and it being a talking point for them on their, uh, on their shows. Um, people who are Christians are going to begin to be persecuted and you're not going to be able to sit back and be a comfortable Christian uh, and, and, and be okay. You're, you're going to either have to stand up or sit down. And those who sit down are the ones who, uh, and those who, like we were talking about earlier, say, oh, that's not my fight, or that's not, you know, that don't involve me. Those are the ones, it's the separation of the sheep and the goats, or the wheat and the chaff. You know, we are, we're, we're finding out, we're about to find out who's in this thing for real. You're right. Who's truly You're right. born again, yeah. who's truly standing for Jesus, and, and who is going to, to really uh, be what God's called him to be. Amen. Go to the book of, Casey uh, and I spoke about it this week real quick because we're, we're wrapping this up, closing out. Daniel 3. Are we going to bow to those false images uh, with the chance of being thrown in the fire? Mm-hmm. Because that's what's going to happen right now. And I, and I was very bold the other day, and I mean this with all my heart. It was a bold statement. I'll share the gospel even if it costs me my life. And, you know, we, 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 do you have that heart? Um, That's something you got to search for, but we will be thrown into the fire, but we can, we can know this, that uh, regardless of if God saves us or he takes his own to glory, he is still God He is still loving and he is still in charge. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got anything on that? Anything to wrap up coach? I would just say we need to stand firm and we count it all joy. We're persecuted yeah. for the word. Yeah. Come on, man. Our fear of the Lord outweighs the fear of man. Yes. And what I mean by that is we know what God has called us to do. So if we stand firm and just count it all joy, I mean, man can't do nothing to us. Amen. I mean, Amen. if he, he would just grab a hold of that and just, man, just taste and see. Brother. I always refer back to that. <laughs> it's always, it just really stuck with me. It stuck with me, man. It's, uh, so good, man. Yeah. So good. Jesus told them, don't fear the one who can kill yeah. your your body, but fear the one who can can kill your body and soul in hell. Oh, and yeah. and that or destroy your body and soul in hell. Right. That's are we are we fearing the culture? Are we fearing the world? Or uh are we fearing and, and reverencing and trusting yes. our heavenly father? Uh let me read this. You you mentioned it. It's been on my heart all week, too. Let's go ahead and, and read it to close this one out. Daniel chapter 3. So King Nebuchadnezzar has made this golden image, and he has commanded everybody, uh, when they hear the musical instruments, to bow down and worship 
this musical or this this golden image that he has set up. And some of the leaders come and say, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they refuse to bow down and to, to worship your image. So the king's angry, and, and he says, uh, and we'll start in verse 15. It says, now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the musical instruments, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. That'll be good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So come on. are we going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Are we going to be like Daniel? Are we going to be like Peter and Paul, the apostles? Are we going to stand firm because that persecution is coming to our nation? We've been comfortable too long, and it is coming very strong very soon. Are we going to be like these in the Word of God? Are we going to stand and say, I'm sorry, respectfully, I don't care what you say. I am not going to worship you. I'm not going to worship your idols or your gods or your golden image. There you go. Amen. You say this, wrap it up with this right here. You read all of that right there in Daniel three. And as you go on into that, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, he did that furnace seven times hotter than it usually was. They threw these three men in there and, but he said he saw four and one was like the son of man. So we can yes. guarantee and know yes. that as you Amen. are part of that remnant, part of sharing the gospel, sharing Christ, no matter any persecution you go through, whether it be losing a job, whatever death, Jesus is by your side every single step of the way. He's your provider. Amen. All right. So Remnant Youth Retreat is coming August 12th through August 14th. That yeah. is at Camp Agape in Benton, Tennessee. And that is going to be uh, all three of our families here, along with Jason Justice. Uh, you know, we are – we're, we're looking forward to pouring into uh, these teenagers and, and, and raising up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, raising up Daniels, raising up these who will, who will be the remnant. Because, you know, I've talked about it before. Whenever I was a kid, all I remember hearing was, oh, things are going to get bad. Things are going to get bad. The, the world's going to hell, and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, that's yeah. what the Bible says. But it also says that God will have a remnant. And mm -hmm. I believe it. what's stirring in all of our hearts, I believe that the remnant is rising and, yeah. and that people are going to start standing up and pouring into the next generation showing them what their true identity is in Jesus. And, and we're going to really see, even as things are pressing and crushing us in this nation and in this world, 
we are going to see God's remnant rising. Amen. Amen. Coach, you're the man, bro. You got like your words of wisdom, dude. I like it. <laughs> Speak softly and carry a big stick. I dig it. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Thank you for joining it, us. I yeah, appreciate man. it. Yes. Yes, man. And it is, like Casey mentioned, going into the Remnant Youth Retreat, we are called to equip these young men and young women to fight the good fight. Coach said it, remain steadfast, stand firm, share the gospel without any, um, you know, without any doubt or without any, you know, worries of conforming to the ways of the world, man. I'd like to say, this being Friday, this Sunday, June 12th, Friendship Baptist Church, Lancaster, South Carolina, um, I am going to uh, preach the gospel there. So if you're in that area, Lancaster, South Carolina, I tweeted and Instagram the address. I'll, I will put it out again, but I would love to have you there. Love to speak with you and meet with you. So if you're in the South Carolina area or in that vicinity, come hear my story. Come hear what Jesus has done for me. Amen. Be sure to keep up with us on social media uh, for uh, all of our uh, appearances or preaching um, opportunities there uh see when we're coming to your area and uh if you have any questions thoughts comments uh prayer requests or praise reports uh feel free to email us at wrestling for the faith at gmail.com we love each and every one of you we thank you for your support god bless you we hope you have a wonderful day Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lael on Twitter at CWLayle underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.